back for another episode of Funnel Radio. The premier show right here on the Funnel Radio Network. For at-work listeners like you. Today, as always, we're privileged to have with us the founder of the Funnel Radio Network, the man behind the mic, Jim Obermeyer. Hey, Jim. Hey, Paul. Paul Roberts is our producer for all programs on the Funnel Radio channel, which includes Sales Pipeline Radio, which is hosted by Matt Hines. And Matt Hines is our guest today. He's a prolific author and nationally recognized award-winning blogger. He's the president and founder of Heinz Marketing and the host of Sales Pipeline Radio, and his listener base tops 105,000. Matt, welcome to our program today. You've been a guest and the host of your own program for a long time now. The title of our program today is, This is an Exciting Time to Be in Marketing. This is What You Are Hired For. Yeah, yeah, these are difficult times, but marketers have always faced difficult times. It is every marketer's job to overcome difficult times, be it market crashes, governments that stop buying, recessions, product failures, competitors, international meltdowns, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, or COVID-19. Marketers every year are faced with difficult situations. This is another one of those. And I think this is when marketers, the real marketers, shine. Matt, how do you feel about this? I think you're right. I think this is where you start to see a separation from marketers that understand what it means to create a market, to build a market, to create a real customer relationship versus those that are just in it for the quick win. I think we've already seen some examples of opportunistic marketers that are, you know, sort of playing on fear and uncertainty to try to mobilize customers. I think we've seen examples of what would have been pitched as generous offers, which are really, quite frankly, just 15 months for the price of 12, and we're still locking into a contract. And it's positioned as, oh, we're going to give you three months free. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you're not. If you're going to give us three months free, give us three months free without signing a contract, right? So I think we are seeing some really great examples of empathetic, generous brands creating value, whether it's content or offering products for free or expanding the use of their product in various places. We're going to look back and be able to tell which marketers were investing in their future and which were fearful of their present. A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this same subject in a little different light until all this came about. Alan Watts, in his book, Still the Mind, that there are two types of games, the games you play to win and the game you play to play. And I was stealing that phrase and said, ah, there are two types of marketers, those who play to win and those who play to play. And the ones that play to win are a very select few. But every now and then, those who play to play, who just go to work, take their salaries, do the best they can, but don't really realize what their job is. Their job is to overcome these difficulties. They step up and they play to win. How do we get marketers to play to win in these difficult times when they're worried about their own salaries, they're worried about being laid off, the sales numbers are coming in and everybody's wandering around saying, what do I do about it? What do they do about it? This is easier said than done, but I think whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever you're thinking about presenting, however you're thinking about going to market right now, think about your position six months from now, eight months from now, when we're kind of past the, the heart of this issue. Will you look back at what you did and be proud of it? Will you look back at what you did and what you chose and how you marketed it? And will you see that as 
one of the highlights of your career when you might be scared for your job. You might be worried about whether you're going to hit your number. We just finished a month and a quarter of the year that was probably pretty bad for a lot of people. We're beginning another quarter of the year that people probably are a little freaked out about. You don't have control over what's going to happen next, but how are you going to create an opportunity for yourself, for your customers, for your organization that may not necessarily put an extra dollar in your pocket this afternoon, but shows your customers that you care, shows your customers that in the good days when the sun's shining, it's easy to be you, it's easy to follow your values. When it is stormy, are you still there for them? Are you still going to hold to your values? And so I say it's easier said than done because like there's a lot of scared people right now for a lot of reasons. But I think this is an opportunity for people to step up and to give, to lead. And if you think about the thing that would make proud of your efforts and your decisions six to 12 months from now, that should be an indication of which direction you go. I put myself sometimes in the position of a CEO that would be sitting there saying, well, I can find money, I can get loans, but Mr. Sales Manager, I can't make the sales, you're going to have to go out and do it. And I'd look at the marketing manager and I would say, this is why I hired you. Every once in a while, once a year, twice a year, once every two years, I call you into my office and say, what are we going to do about this problem? How are we going to overcome this? How are we going to get through it with our branding and our reputation and come out with some semblance of a business and survive at the end because it comes down to marketing. Sales can execute, I believe it's marketing's job. What choice does someone have? As Mark Corona on the Practical CMO said a week ago in one of his programs that I was on with him, he said, what choice do they have? They've got to be what they were hired to do. They have to step forward because if they don't step forward, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They lose. They have the talent. They've got the knowledge. They've got the tools more so than anybody else in the company. I've always said pound per pound marketers bring in more revenue than anybody in the company. Their agencies bring in more money than anyone in the company, any one department. And now is the time that they should pull their own people together and say, how do we keep our reputation? I've gotten several emails today that just said, oh, remember my email of a month ago? Yeah, we're, we're going to give you 10% off. If you do something now, you know, as you say, they're coming back to me with the same offers. And yet I've gotten some emails that said, hey, we're in it with you and we're going to do this. I, I just came back from running errands out here. Our own bank is closed. They only have a drive-through. And so I was listening to the radio and there's, a, there's somebody in San Jose. He's got like 50 some odd different businesses in this big building and he's put off rent, getting rent from them for two months. And he says, I'm investing in you because I want you to stay. I want you to thrive. And this is the only thing I can really do to help out, but you don't have to pay me back. Do you know what it's costing that person? It's costing him a small fortune, but he stepped up. I mean, it's costing him, he's losing a lot of money now, but it sounds like he's thinking about the long game. He's thinking about when those customers have a new lease that comes up for renewal and are thinking about like, where are we going to go? What's the likelihood that many of them are going to have greater loyalty to that landlord, to that building? Would it be the reason why some of them don't change? Would it be the reason why some of them don't move and stick around? And now that landlord doesn't have to go find another cousin, doesn't have to have a sit in there vacant for a while, doesn't have to have any you know, tenant improvement expenses of sort of changing things out for someone else. So I think in the long term, those offers pay off. I, I think people get 
So if you're focused on the business today, you still got to make your numbers. You still got to sort of pay your bills. But I think you know, the, the best marketers are thinking about the long game. They're thinking about the long-term relationships they want with their customers, with their prospects, with their industry. Most of us are going to come out of this stronger. Most of us are going to come out of this intact. And you know, I asked the question of like, are you going to be proud of what you did when you look back in six to 12 months? I mean, the opposite is true too. Will you look back and say, boy, what I did sure helped me sort of, you know, pay my bills in April a little easier. But now I've got customers that are pissed that I went all guns a blazing trying to get them to buy. Or yeah, I'm glad I had better cash flow, but I was not very empathetic to my customers. I was not very empathetic to my tenants when they were having trouble. I think it's it's penny wise and pound foolish if you're not thinking about that long term relationship. And by the way, that it doesn't mean, you know, I don't need my credit card company to tell me how they're keeping me safe during the coronavirus. Like so I think you have to sort of also think about where your place is. Um, and whether people care about hearing from you or whether you have a role in sort of making things better. But that long-term, this is an opportunity to really show your customers that you care about them. Well, Mark Corona said the other day, he said, are, are you going to be lazy marketers? Are you going to be conservative? Are you going to pull in? Will you let the company president say, we're not going to do anything? We're paralyzed. You and I have lived through some recessions. I was on a call earlier today, and there were five CEOs and one guy that was there that's pretty young, and he said, well, I've only lived through one recession, so you guys have got five or six recessions on me, so <laughs> I'm still learning how to do this. And at the same time, Chris Beale spoke up and said, I think I've, I've been through seven recessions. Been there, done it. I know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to sit back. It goes back to that book, Pim's book, The Profit Impact on Marketing Strategies. It was done for 25 years and three or 4,000 businesses, it invariably showed in all the recessions and all the downturns, companies that were aggressive in their marketing, as aggressive as they could be, the ones that are smart marketers and didn't become lazy, didn't put their head in the sand, those are the ones that when the recession was over with, they came out ahead of their competitors. They came out stronger. They kept their employees there are some companies today, travel companies and others that are just whacked and they're just trying to survive. I understand that part because their businesses have no choice. But I keep thinking about all those recessions I've lived through and the ones that I got aggressive on, the companies I worked for came out ahead. Now you've been through at least, you're a young guy, you've been through at least two or three recessions. Well, I, I started this business November of 2008, and it was just me and a laptop <laughs> and a bus pass. But, you know, I decided my wife pregnant with our first child and at the beginning of this great recession 12 years ago, I'll just quit my job and give up my benefits. And just and luckily, I was not starting a very capital intensive business. It was just me as a consultant. But I grew the business during that time. The analogy I've used a couple times that I think is certainly applicable to us all as well, especially in B2B, is as markets shut down, as governors shut down and people need to shelter in place, they say, well, we're going to allow essential services to stay open. And so if you think about it as a consumer, you said you ran errands today. Like, well, you weren't sheltering in place. Well, no, you, we still need food. We still got to go to the pharmacy. We still need the bank. We still need, in some cases, hardware stores. I mean, we still need things to live. Those are essential services. Businesses need essential services as well. If you are a business and you're going to stay in business and going to continue to grow and continue to thrive and continue to at least operate, if you're selling something to that business, you had better be an essential service right now. Like nice to have things aren't getting bought at the same degree that they were. 
So how well do you position what you're doing as something that organization needs as an essential service? And again, like there are industries that you're probably not going to want to sit to right now because they're just trying to figure out if they're going to be around in the fall. For everybody else, there is still a lot of activity going on out there. I think uh, our own pipeline over the last week, it's grown like crazy for the four weeks before that. It was just frozen. I mean, I think a lot of people probably just, you know, we're all just kind of shell-shocked looking what's going on. A lot of companies are like, well, we still want to do this, but can we wait a couple weeks until we figure out where the dust is going? Yeah. But if there's some value you provide, if there's a need that you, that you, that you can serve, good markets and bad, there's going to be an opportunity for you. I think in the tougher markets, you have to be more precise about who you approach and engage with that. Because for those that are in dire straits, for those that don't have a need right now, the more you push them, the more that pushes you away from them. And in better times, that reputation sticks with you. Take a break to hear from our sponsors for a moment. And when we come back, we'll tackle this. What essential services should businesses be looking at? And I've got an opening comment for that. How do my peers make buying decisions? It's a question on the mind of nearly every B2B marketing leader, yet also one without the clearest of answers. What's their involvement like throughout the purchasing process? What drives their ability to make better decisions? And where do you stand compared to them? Read the new research report from Path Factory and Heinz Marketing to get inside the head of a marketing leader in the buyer's journey and find out. Visit HeinzMarketing.com's resource section. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com and the resource tab for your free copy today. And one more thought to present to you today, and that's, well, what we're doing today. Do you want to establish yourself as a thought leadership without writing a book? Do you have a personal brand? Well, we do produce podcasts here at Funnel Media, and you can use those to be heard by hundreds or thousands of listeners focusing specifically on the niche you want to chase. Separate yourself from the crowd. Contact Funnel Media to bring your story to life and to bring it to the marketplace. We make it easy and we make it convenient. You get the guest and we do the rest. Go to podcastsmadeeasy.com. That's podcastsmadeeasy.com. And with that, let's pick up the rest of this podcast with Jim and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Nice to hear from our sponsors today. We've been speaking with Matt Hines. He's the prolific author and nationally recognized award-winning blogger. He's president and the founder of Heinz Marketing. We've been tackling the subject. This is an exciting time to be in marketing. This is what you're hired for. Before we left, Matt said something. He said companies should be looking at their essential services that marketing can talk about and provide. Today at an earlier call with uh, Paul Peterson from Goldmine, They've spent time on their webinars, their uh, blogs, and their podcasts talking about CRM in general, not just their CRM, but saying, look, all you people that want to work from home and companies that want your people to work from home, 80% of you have got a CRM system in place. You would probably be surprised how empowering that CRM system can be for your customer service and other people if they take a look at what that CRM system can do and find out how much of that can be used by other employees. Certainly, Goldmine has a lot, of, a lot of history and they've got a lot of capabilities, but he was talking in generalities. So he was looking at those essential services and stepping up and saying, look at our system, but look at every CRM system out there. You'll be surprised at what they can do. Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about when you talk about looking at the essential services? 
Yeah, I think that's a good example. I think, you know, if you if you think about if you can ideally in good times and bad, you're looking for organizations that exhibit characteristics or attributes that indicate that you that they need help. I think for us where we help people drive, you know, predictable demand for their sales organization. So exhibits of need are lumpiness in sales pipeline production, turnover of key marketing leadership, public exhibits of companies not consistently hitting their number. So the gap between random acts of marketing and inconsistently hitting a number and then having greater predictability and reliability of your forecasts and your ability for marketing to generate demand for sales, there's a need. And especially if the market constricts for a period of time, but you still have these sales goals you want to hit and your trade show uh, schedule has disappeared for the spring, what are we going to do now, right? And so you can't go to people and hope that they do the value translation for themselves. If you understand what value can provide, you should be telling the customers what should be keeping them up at night in addition to what currently is, you know? So I think you have to define that specifically, explicitly for the market. and Be more targeted at, at talking to companies that you know have that need. Now you're a pipeline company. You, you talk pipelines every day. We're really 90 to 120 days into it, but probably at 30 days into the real severity of it, the, the severe portion of it, there's a huge pipeline built up for most companies that go out six to nine months, right? Yeah. They've got pipelines sitting there built, and a lot of that won't come about because of this, but a lot of it may. There's a huge number of people in marketing and sales and all kinds and purchasing and et cetera. And these people are all working from home. The connections to the home and forwarding those phone calls and Connect and Sell has said with Chris Field that he's finding that these connections are there. It's amazing the people that are picking up the telephone and wanting to do something. So I look at it in the light that if this lasts 60 more days, the pipeline will probably carry you. And then you've got to get aggressive as we come out of this curve and people get back to work. That's when marketing has to really do its job and step on the gas and rebuild the pipeline. You agree? I do. I do. I, I think that I don't see this at, as a time when pipelines are evaporating. I think pipelines are freezing. Those are different. They're not going away. They're stalling. Like if someone had the need 45 days ago and now they are paused because of the, you know, the lack of clarity of what's going to happen, we may be facing some pretty rough waters ahead. But if we face those, that means that we're going to have a little better sailing ahead of that. And once we all see the light at the end of this tunnel, a lot of companies, I think, are going to say, okay, we can see it. We can see through this. Let's, let's get back to work. I think especially in B2B, I am hopeful that pause and the slowdown we've seen a little bit so far, as soon as we see the other side of the curve, I think the recovery will be pretty quick. I think that is going to be a bit of an opportunity for a lot of marketers. I mean, good race car drivers know that the race is won in the curves. When you're forced to slow down to not hit the wall, when you're forced to slow down to make it through to the next straightaway, you still have to accelerate before the end of the curve. And so as we get out of this, if you wait until it's purely clear sailing, I guarantee you your competitors are already going to be ahead of you. So yes, recalibrate your speed and position to make sure you don't crash into a wall during this curve but also have a plan and be ready when you approach that straightaway to put your foot back on the gas and help drive growth and value for your business. Now, some of these promotional activities, some of these market building activities, some of this branding is going to change because so many, so many shows were lost this year in exhibits and put off. And I think you had a program on that a couple of weeks ago. 
and some are probably canceled through the fall. So there's an opportunity for a marketer to say, what other tools do we have to go to these same people that may have gone to those shows, may have gone to those users' conferences and events? Can we use direct marketing? Can we use mail? Can we use more digital? What can we use to refill that pipeline as people come back to work and we come out of this much stronger? But I think that's going to be the real test of the marketers. I think you're right. The ones that realize they've got to step on the gas before they come out of the curve entirely are the ones that are going to pick up that two or three or four or five percent market share. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's uh, it's 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 going to be difficult to know when that point is. You know, when we lost the trade show schedule, uh, we lost a huge opportunity to build a pipeline. But the value is still out there. We just lost the venue. So if you can still find a way to connect with the prospects that have a need beyond what the channels are that you've used year after year, you know, we're seeing some amazing innovation from companies that are taking this window of opportunity and reinventing what it means to be a field marketer. Well, virtually every canceled conference has a huge list of all the attendees that we're going to go to that conference. And if they don't share that list with the people that have paid to be exhibitors, then shame on them. But they should be able to share that list. And, and then from there, the marketers should be able to have something that they can use to go out and, and uh, promote their products as, as this thing begins to flatten out and we come out through, through the fall. Do you have any closing comments, Matt, that you can give marketers some thoughts and that they should take home and think about? Well, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that this is an opportunity for marketers to shine and to really prove why they were hired. And I think that it is not going to come without some headwinds. I think, you know, to advocate for your customer, to advocate for the long-term brand value of your organization, you're going to have to be more than a marketing leader. You're going to have to be a business leader. You're going to have to advocate for your customer and advocate for the right thing to do. You know, as I mentioned before, you know, without making it sound too dramatic, you want to be on the right side of history here. You want to be the individual in the organization that actually used this as a way to help your customers and build value for the long term. The right side of history. Matt, there's nobody more than I trust from the, from the great sales pipeline company, Heinz Marketing. You've got a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. You've served a lot of big companies. You know, uh, you know how to create a marketplace. I appreciate you taking the time today to speak out and speak to the marketers and the salespeople and the CEOs that are out there. Thank you very much. Matt Hines, Hines Marketing. Paul, over to you. listening to another example of Funnel Radio, the best right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.